0: Welcome back to Start Spreading the News. We are coming at you on Wednesday, April 5th. It's 942. We are live for us, but pre-recorded for you from New Brunswick, New Jersey, beautiful Los Angeles, California, and for the first time in the history of this podcast from Stanford, Connecticut, because OJ has the new digs. How's it going, OJ, at the new apartment? New
1: digs. Yes. I it's a term I, everyone uh, knows. Yeah, of course. I totally knew what that meant when Dmar first said it. Um <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I uh no complaints so far. And uh yeah, the Yankees are rolling. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. And I hope everyone is having a great Wednesday.
2: Gruber, how's LA? It's great. Nothing like uh what was it, uh 10 oh five first pitch today i was uh I was at the office and uh yeah i was trying to just live stream it but you know i just can't you know just i'm in such a spot where i can't do that it will be like people will peek and then ask questions so i had the game uh, the get um at bat up on my phone looking and then my phone kept like turning off it was going you know it kept going dark and I uh Go I filled North. myself in on the box score but a wins a win man. Dude, yeah. The serious. premise a of a 5
0: first pitch is kind of weird to me. I don't know how to wrap my head around no, that.
1: No that is bizarre. I I'm in a similar spot though at work. It's it's really tricky balance cuz you want to you obviously want to be involved especially recording tonight you want to you want to know what what's yeah. going on but then you're, you get some dirty looks and people just don't get it.
0: Yeah, no one yeah. gets it. You guys really should have just blown off all your responsibilities and gone to the game like I did. That's um, <laughs> especially you, Gruber. Just hop oh, on a flight. I did that man. last
2: week. That'd be two flights in like
0: a week. Or like four the one. other thing I think this is true is the podcast as a whole now has gone to two games this year, and I think they're the two coldest games of the year. The two games that are like sub like fifty-five or so. Definitely, we rep. Um, because we're not fair weather fans. Literally, we go there in the bad weather. Correct. We, it's fun. The, Cold baseball. We cheer on the New York baseball Yankees, so let's get to it. Um, it. We're going to go through the two series that the Yankees have had so far. First, the 2-1 series win against the Giants for opening day and opening weekend, and then the 2-1 series win against the Phillies. Uh, similar kind of structures to the two series is because series is or Series. Series. I'll series. Series. Uh, similar structure to the series, uh, they both sound wrong. Um, but uh, in each of them, uh, the Yankees win the first and the third, drop the second, and the pitching looked really good on the whole. Uh, the hitting found ways to get it done. So let's start with opening day. We're gonna try to hit some of the highlights and some of the lowlights. Uh, so for opening day, five zero win call on the mound, Volpe'ning day, if you will, because Volpe's making his debut. And uh, for me, the first highlight that kind of jumps out is Judge, first step bat of the season, first swing as the captain, straight to center field, home run. You were there, OJ, so let's hear your perspective on it first. What was that like?
1: That was unreal. I, I could not believe what I was watching. Like, you know, everyone in our second was just, like jaws on the floor. Like what just happened? You know, he follows up a, you know, he's coming off a 62 home run season, an MVP season. He just signed a huge contract. We pulled him away from the team that we're playing. It could have been a disaster opening day against Aaron judge. And then his first swing of the season. It's like, how can he follow it up? Just keep rolling. And then he hits a bomb and right off the bat, everyone knew it was, uh, it was really electric. And um, I know we did talk about this in our group chat, but it was a little odd that during the opening, you know, I think I guess it's like announcements when they're announcing all the team. It seems like Volpe had more of a, a a louder ovation, a louder pop than Judge. But I mean, that home run just erupted the crowd immediately. First inning, it was like um, it almost felt like a playoff atmosphere. It was crazy. So. Uh, It was a really fun way to start the season. And like you said, Cole was was great that start. Um, We'll get into the Phillies start as well. But, I mean, he is pretty much as advertised. He's our ace right now. He's he's pitching like it.
2: Yeah, he's playing great. I mean, Garrett Cole, man, he has gotten a lot of hate since coming to the Yankees. All of it unwarranted, I'd say. All of it. I mean, the bad start in Boston in the playoff game was – completely an injury related issue i know he has issues at fenway a lot of pitchers do it's not even a ballpark unfortunately it's the green walls like the green monsters it's just it's not real it's it's fake it's like the span (laughs) of bananas that's more real but it is what it is right um gary cole's an ace he's starts every game and he brings his a game and we should expect nothing less than that and logan webb like on the opposite had 12 strikeouts or 11 strikeouts And that's not, I mean, he's not a strikeout pitcher, so it is a little concerning because Logan Webb just got shelled today by the White Sox, but we also shelled him. So I think uh, the bats on opening days normally isn't a great day for uh, hitting. You know, the people are getting adjusted. It looked great. And we carried it through the weekend. We scored runs, and they weren't, this team was not a team that scored runs in droves two years ago. They started doing it last year, then they stopped for two months. So it was an encouraging opening day, and they followed it up by five more encouraging ish offensive games. There's issues there, but they're not totally in a drought. So it's, it's nice to see a good start.
0: Yeah. I mean, Aaron judge is just so good at baseball. Um, And I love watching him so much. His swing is so aesthetically pleasing. It's just like exactly what you want in a power swing. And there was kind of this thing uh, as soon as he hit that home run, really for like the past few months since he was named captain, like, how grateful we are to have him as the face of our franchise. And then with this kind of perfect storm of him against the team that was like the number one uh, sort of alternative option for judging the off season, having this awesome home run right off the bat at the start of his captaincy, it was just like, it was a really great, great way to start the season. And speaking of great ways to start the season, Anthony Volpe, Gets on base and immediately steals a bag again. You were there, I'm sure. The uh reaction was probably almost similar to the judge home run, like everyone was so charged up about Volpe. Makes the roster, and then immediately, first time he gets on base, makes an impact. What was that like?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of everything that we'd hoped for. It's almost the same thing as advertised. It's like, um no it was it was really cool to see and i feel like uh right when he got walked and it was a great at bat he he took some really tough pitches and people were like oh okay he raised an eyebrow and then like all the anticipation is watching anthony volpe on the bases because he has like 45 stolen base potential like he stole ton in the minors and now with these bigger bases and all the rule changes it incentivizes stolen bases so like the second he's put on first base, all eyes on him. We're all watching his secondary leads, waiting for him to flinch and go. And then the second he did it, uh, there, I mean, it wasn't even close. He he beat the throw by a lot, and it was just like uh, it's something we haven't had in in like a, a Yankee prospect in a while. And that kind of speed um, is really really encouraging. And uh, you know, he he fits. He doesn't he doesn't look overmatched like what we said in, in spring training as well. And uh like he's a you know, he's a hometown kid, he's a diehard Yankee fan, idolized Jeter. So the whole thing. I mean, you can't really complain at all. Um, his first two series has been great.
2: Well, yeah, he is for sure everything that uh we that's spring training promised. I know he's hasn't had a hit in a couple of games but who cares he's playing great he's learning the position it's all going well we're winning games and you can't complain about cashman's move here you really can i think those opening day cheers a lot of it was for for him in a way just growing a pair of balls and uh promoting the man and i know it's tough because peraza batted 306 here last season He started a playoff game it's tough it's not nobody it's no it's not fair it's not the baseball's not fair life's not fair
0: Volby earned it and he's uh he's showing why Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that's an interesting way to think about it. Like there was so much excitement in part because this isn't really the Yankee thing for them to do. Usually, like usually we wait, have Volpe play like a nice long stint in AAA. Then he plays maybe at the end of the year, but probably next year here. They just said, you know what? He won the job. This was a competition. He gets it and now he's making an impact. And of course, he's going to have to learn on the job. He's going to have to adjust to uh, the pitchers he faces in the majors. But Uh, I think you said uh, at the beginning, O.J., the thing about some of his takes being really impressive on that walk, uh, his patience has really impressed me. Um, And showing that kind of patience in your first at-bat in the major leagues is really impressive and cool. Yeah, I can only
1: imagine all the things going through his mind, like, you know, you're super anxious, you want to get a hit so bad, you're going to chase pitches, but no, he was like put together a really professional at bat and took some close pitches. It was, it was impressive. Mm -hmm.
0: The last at bat that I remember the last, like first at bat that I remember that was close to this level. Although I would say Volpe's is even more anticipated actually, but I remember Glaber's first at bat and I love Glaber and we're going to talk about him a lot, but he looked, he looked nervous. He looked overmatched. It was kind of an ugly strikeout and He found his niche like very shortly after and had a great rookie year. But uh, for Volpe to show that kind of poise in his first at bat was really, really impressive to me. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Glaber and I mentioned that we'll be mentioning him, but Glaber Torres also home run in this game. And he went the other way, which I think is a really encouraging sign, certainly something that I like to see from Glaber. So this was the start of a great start um, for Glaber Torres.
1: Yeah, his, I mean, the swings he's putting up are like, even when he's, I think it was the first or second game, like he put together a great at bat and had like a a fly out. But I could tell like these swings are just so much better than prior years. I I can't even explain it. I don't know what it is. He just looks so much more confident and it is a a contract year. So that could be um, a big aspect of it. I know there was somebody in, Trying to think, someone in the Yankees organization where, uh, Glaber like went to the World Baseball Classic. I think Michael K was talking about it today on the show, and he said like you're going to be on a team with all these stars in Puerto Rico or whatever team he was on. Like he wants them to really watch them, how they go about their business, how they like, uh, you know, approach the game. And I think Glaber, it, it's obviously proven to be true. Um, like I said, contract year, he has a lot to prove. He's running on the base paths. We'll get to and and he's hitting for power. He's hitting the other way. Um, if Glaber can keep this up, like this lineup is is scary and uh and I love Glaber.
0: Yeah, I think it was Carlos Mendoza.
1: Yes, yes,
2: that's that was it. Love Glaber, man. Glaber is a guy that people want traded to. I mean, it's another person, another player that can't really do anything right after twenty twenty was. Like, I mean, I, I get in trouble for saying this a lot to certain people, but twenty twenty wasn't real. You know, that wasn't a real season. Even though we we won a series, I don't think it was a real season. He didn't do well. He did. He was hurt a little bit, and then he was so disappointing in twenty twenty one. It's fine. Last year, he will go down. People go through ups and downs. When he's low, he's very low. But so is so, so is John Carlos Stanton. He gets you know we get, we just have a team that attracts a lot of hate. I think that's really always been the case. If you just look back over the years, it's it's really always been the case. Even a Rod despised. He won a World Series. Despised. I guess Jeter wasn't hated. Judge is really only hated during the playoffs, but um hopefully that changes this year. And I hope we reach on Glaber. I hope he's our second baseman slash DH for a long time. That De- definitely not short yeah. stuff.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would love I would love for Glaber to be a part of the plan uh for a lot of years to come. I said a couple episodes ago that I didn't see that happening, and I still wouldn't say that I do. Um, but I don't think it's crazy if he has a great year that they re-sign him, I think they certainly want to want to re-sign him. I think that if we get Glaber from 2018-19 more than we get Glaber from 2020-21, then I think it's it's very likely that we re-sign Glaber. Um, and I do think, especially with um, the sort of structure that we have in the infield and the Yankees' approach to rest, that... They want to have five starting infielders, and they see Volpe and they see LeMahieu as, and also Rizzo for the next two years. But Volpe for like six, probably. LeMahieu for four as things they're slotting in. Josh Donaldson will be gone probably. Maybe we'll have Oswald Praza next year. But there's a place there for Glaber if he's the Glaber that uh, we know he can be from some of his previous years. Hopefully that does happen. And then the last thing I wanted to mention about this game is I really liked them scoring in different ways. So we have the Glaber and Judge home runs early, Mm -hmm. and then later we have sort of scoring with, like, the timely hits. We had the LeMahieu single. We had the Judge bloop single. And, you know, the home runs are great, but I also like seeing that this team can score in other ways.
2: Yeah,
1: I agree, because... We see it every year in the playoffs. If you're too relying on the home run, the pitching's better in the playoffs. There's more tense moments. It's it's like a lot of uh, a lot of pitching changes in like matchup base, and it's harder to hit home runs for whatever if the ball is colder. It doesn't travel as far. So when you're really relying on home runs to score, it can come back and bite you. And I think uh, we saw it like in that Guardian series um, where they took us whatever five games. They were all contact hitters, and they they can you know uh string together some hits to get some runs across. I think that aspect of a Yankees lineup would be huge compared with or i guess um like paired with the power and then if they can also get some base hits together, I think
0: it could be a really scary lineup. The Guardians were so annoying last year, <laughs> yeah.
2: Guardians and then
0: this we summer. were missing sort of the contact uh hitters who we would have had in the lineup last year, but right. the injuries to LeMay Hugh and Benintendi. So exactly. Um, yeah, we just can't so, have any strikeouts. Yeah. We're not having them, but we can't. Yeah.
2: And the playoffs is just such an unwatchable random baseball. Such an it really is yeah. so
0: uninspiring. You know, it's kind kind of splitting hairs to say anything negative about a five oh opening day win, but if you were to it'd probably be a lot of strikeouts um Webb had 12 right and yeah. then 16 in total from the team uh and that was without the uh, uh the bottom of the ninth frame because they're winning obviously so that's a lot of strikeouts but um you know 5-0 really can't complain the one thing i did think was a little weird was some of the stuff that Boone did with the bullpen i'm not complaining about it i just thought it was interesting it's it's fun to see how their uh, approach works. And uh he he went with Wandy for the seventh when Cole came out, and then he took Wandy out, even though I thought Wandy was under control at 14 pitches, brought in Lawizica, who got the out in two pitches, then took Lawizica out and had Ron pitch the last two innings. And I know they were working with a short bullpen, but they did have uh some other options and Ron got all the way up to 39 pitches, which pretty much took him out for the next day. I think so. Um, just some interesting stuff there. Uh, nothing like worth really complaining about, but just some stuff worth observing and maybe some, like, uh, some abnormal stuff, probably because at the time they were one, uh, man short in the bullpen because just after this game, it was announced that they traded for Colton brewer. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on Colton Brewer? And it's Colt Ten, not Colton, uh, which is a way more common name. It's Colt Ten, which I think Colt the Colton Brewer Colt might be the only, the only Colt Ten in the world. Uh, certainly the only one I know. But what yeah, are your thoughts a, on Colt Ten Brewer?
2: He barely pitched. It's it way too early to tell. He's like every well, not only, on the Yankees.
0: Just in terms of the move. Oh,
2: it was so odd. I mean, he, he sucks, but. Um, <laughs> I hope he does well. I hope he's. I hope it's like this whole thing with Clay Holmes. You know what I mean? But then you then they do Joelly. You you, Cashman is. You it's one foot. It's one thing here, one thing there. But if you if that's your rate, if it's fifty percent, if you go, if you get one who's Clay Holmes and one who's Joelly Rodriguez, you're doing something right. So let's hope he's the uh, he's the Clay Holmes in side.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna act like I I know I knew who Colton Brewer was prior to uh, whatever it was Friday. But no, I'll keep my fingers crossed. And I, with these kind of acquisitions, like I do trust in Cashman. I think he, he has a track record of, of these things panning out. So we'll see. I mean, I hope it's more of the Clay Holmes route, um, but we will see with Colton Brewer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Gruber kind of said he sucks. And if you go to his baseball reference page, uh, he does kind of suck. Um, and I actually did remember who Colton Brewer was from his days with the Red Sox because we hit him around once. I forget what year it was. It might have been 2020, but Colton Brewer got beat up by the Yankees, uh, maybe a couple times even. Um, and I'm looking at his his splits here. Yankees had a 306 average against Colton Brewer. Uh, Colton Brewer's ERA against the Yankees was uh, 623. So I did in the back of my mind have some fond memories of facing Colton Brewer. Um, hopefully the thing that I also agree with that Gruber said though is like there are no random relievers. It's like all of these like sort of out of nowhere veterans are not just like random stopgaps. It's like they see something. The the cashman and the Matt Blake uh, sort of brain trust sees something that they like and sometimes they unlock something amazing, and sometimes it's kind of fruitless, but hopefully they find what they're looking for in Colton Brewer. Um, and that brings us to game two now with Colton Brewer on the roster. Uh, we had a, a not quite as great game, 7-5 loss to the Giants. There were still some things to like, some things not to like. Because it was a loss, how about we start with some of the lowlights? Um I think the story here in terms of the negative, the two main stories were uh, the bullpen was not as great as uh, we hoped it would be, and it was in some of the other games, and the hitting with runners and scoring position was really tough. So you guys can sort of hit either one or hit both.
2: It
1: happens. Um, go ahead.
2: Yeah, it happens with these with the bullpen. You know, it's early. I think yeah, King wasn't a horrible inning. I mean, wasn't really that. It was the numbers look worse than what it really really, what it really was. Um, But you like to see the strikeout three and one and uh, two thirds. That's what you want. Albert Abreu looked good. Clay Holmes didn't, but he looked good today. So make that what you will. Now, like we did this podcast on Monday, It would be one thing with Holmes, but he had a perfect inning with three strikeouts. So it's it's such a there's such a volatile position. You really it's really hard to. Get too topsy turvy there, but we'll talk. I mean, I have my own opinions on relievers, which I'll talk about later. But aside from that, I think it's this was not such a surprising result. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's not a cause for concern, but the bullpen was obviously uh, the biggest concern in this game. Um, you know, Clark Schmidt, similar to how Gruber was explaining Michael King, like if you look at Clark Schmidt's line, three and a third, three earned runs, it's like, eh, he gave up two home runs but like he was rolling i mean through 3 innings he looked really solid that that new cutter that he he everyone's raving about looks really good and then he kind of hit a wall but um you know if he can replicate those first 3 innings i think uh, we got something with Clark this year and obviously it's it's super early so i'm not going to freak out but um you know when he did run into trouble it looks pretty bad he was giving up back to i think back-to-back home runs or something like that yeah. um and yeah the bullpen it like Gruber said it's gonna happen um and then the runners in scoring position it, it's kind of been a theme with the yankees it's super frustrating but like it, if you watch any any team in depth like this it, it's gonna happen as well so i'm not gonna uh it's not cause for too many red flags but it, it's not what you want to see
2: dj is getting his hits with the runners in scoring position so of course. So if, he, okay. th- if that wasn't happening, then I'd be concerned because that means the world's on its side <laughs> or upside down or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree about uh, sort of, I'm not overreacting to anything from this game. It wasn't what you wanted. Certainly, King, some bad luck there. Clay really didn't look good. And that became especially painful when they rallied a little in the ninth. They came up short, but had Clay pitched a clean inning there, then they're headed to extras. So that's a bummer, especially in retrospect. But at the same time, you know, Wandy still looked good. As you said, Abreu looked really good. And, I mean, it's one game, so it's not really worth uh, sort of wringing your hands about. The runners on scoring position thing, it's like a sensitive subject for Yankee fans because uh, that has been a problem sort of over the past few years. And especially in this game, it was... Um, three main uh victims sort of or three three main hitters who fell victim to it it was stanton who was 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position uh glaber and josh donaldson were each for two and you know i think glaber has made it clear that we shouldn't be concerned about that with him uh from the next few games and stanton also i think answered the concerns josh donaldson obviously uh not off to a killer start, but he also had a home run in this game, so to Stanton. So they each had some contributions. Uh the unfortunate sort of headline or uh, the taste this game left in your mouth was we had this great rally towards the end, a couple hits, a couple walks, um and it looked like we were creating something against um against Camilo Duval, Duval I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is his first name? Camilo? Camilo. Yeah. yeah. So it looked like we were starting to mount a comeback against Duval and uh Stanton grounds into the double play really unfortunate but uh it wasn't really a game that I think we deserved to win so uh I'm not sure if that makes it better or worse like it was a a chance to steal a game but
1: um yeah it was weird also towards the end of the game it started like downpouring and it seemed like <laughs> they were really trying to squeeze this game in and and that double play was weird it looked like you know the second baseman was off the base and the first baseman was off the base and it almost seemed like the the umps just wanted to get out of there and call <laughs> it a day um but now overall it it was it kind of did i don't know it, it was it was an odd game like you said but uh not too much cause for concern yeah i'm not yeah the
2: one about
0: this. Yeah, the one thing I will say I'm a little worried about, and it's not a huge thing, but you said that thing about Clark looking great through three, and then things falling apart on him. I do think that's kind of been the problem with him every time he starts and tries to go a few times through the order. He can do it the first time, he looks sharp, and then he doesn't quite have it the second time, or they're sort of they're sort of picking up on him in a different way. And I think that does kind of indicate, and I know it's only one game, and we're going to need him to start more for us because of the injury situation, but uh, that does indicate that maybe his future isn't as a starter. Maybe it's as an arm out of the pen. The um, Orioles are going to be yeah. a
2: really tough matchup for him. The Orioles are a very good baseball team. They hit the ball. They can't pitch, but they can hit this. They have a, they have an amazing lineup. Their are lineup who win a World Series. They do not have the pitching at all. That is where yeah. Grayson Rodriguez looked great today. His major league debut for people who care, and John Means is coming back soon. But in their bullpen, Felix Bautista is a freaking stud. This team, something in the future, the Yankees will be. I don't know. We'll we'll have to worry about this team in a year. But Clark Schmidt's gonna have his hands full. He is going to have his hands full. That said, he gets five strikeouts and three and a third against a crappy Giants team. Who knows what he could do? The cutter, who knows? Maybe the cutter's electric, and he goes nine innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, and he has a perfect game. And next thing you know, we're hailing
0: him. You never. Mm-hmm. Life's weird. You never know. Um, in terms of the positives, you know, I think this was another game where LeMayhu seemed to really have his, uh, his wits about him at the plate. He was hitting the ball hard. That's always a thing for me. Like, even if he's not getting a bunch of hits, I think he only got the one, but he was hitting the ball hard and same boat judge three for five, just really, really good at baseball. He's, he's immediately, uh, showing us why he's worth that massive nine-year contract. And Volpe, another stolen base. So certainly some nice uh, things, even if the game wasn't uh, the sharpest game for the Yankees.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep,
0: absolutely. So let's move on to the series finale. Uh, The headline here was absolutely Johnny Brito, Major League debut, five innings, no runs, six Ks, uh he is somebody who was not even really on the radar to make the opening day roster until uh the bevy of injuries to the starting pitching and he really stepped up six strikeouts to uh i mean six strikeouts and two hits um so really strong outing from him what'd you guys see from johnny brito in his uh in his major league debut
1: Gruber, I'll let you take oh, it because okay. full transparency, I was this was the day I was moving in, okay. and uh, and w- I was only able to listen to the game in the U-Haul driving back because uh, they didn't it didn't have like serious or whatever, so we were stuck listening, not stuck, but we had to listen to Sterling. But uh, Gruber, Real quick, I'll let you. Quick detour
0: about you know. the U-Haul, though. One second. Yeah. yeah, were you actually driving the U-Haul?
1: No, my dad was.
0: Do so you're. Dr- so your dad was literally driving the U-Haul and he was like he was the one behind the wheel.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: So does he need like an extra license for that or can you just do that with No, a you just license? do it. That's exciting. I've always wondered. I don't know I I I don't know. I must know someone who's driven a U-Haul but I've never I've never asked and I've always wondered.
1: No, I've never. That was the first time I'd ever even been any U U-Haul. It was pretty wild experience, but that's uh, for another day. Gruber, how was yeah. Johnny Brito?
2: Electric man. Look, I mean, if he if he gave, he didn't give up any runs, five innings, he got the win, one walk, two hits. This is a uh, the ER. I mean, the whip is point six. This is ridiculous baseball. I mean, it was a great, 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 great opening day or opening. Um, Career first start for the Johnny Brito after a great spring training, and nobody knew who this guy was. You know, a slew of injuries, and right back to the minors, he goes. Um, that's they they have their reasons. I mean, Severino's coming up, and you just got to hope it's not one of these situations where they like you play well, like Luis Skeel, you know, you just go down. It's just not really like I don't know how much it's worked in the past. Um, I'm guessing based on this trend, we'll see this guy be a reliever. Isaga, I remember he had a pretty good four or five inning start actually he was in attendance for his opening for if mean, People forgot he was a starter um, and he was pretty solid. I mean, he, uh, I remember he just stranded the bases loaded. It was crazy. The Yankees won the game, but, you know, two years, later, he, he goes back down, you know, up and down, up and down. Now he's a reliever and he's kind of okay. I mean, he has his moments, but I just hope they don't do this with this guy. I really, you know, when you have somebody like this, you want to go see what you got and Give them like, give them freaking, you know, give them ten starts. See what you have. Don't toy with this. But that's my gripe, and I know lot of there are a lot of Yankee fans like me who feel this way. But you also have a twenty six man roster. You can't screw around. Severino is obviously better than Brito. Um, so you get yeah, it makes sense in a way. I, I don't. It's I would probably find a way to keep him. But that's just me. What about you guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it makes sense in the circumstance. I think they won't need a fifth starter for a second too. So maybe that means a little extra time for sevy maybe they've just sort of mapped it out and even though sevy won't be back soon they know when they'll next need brito and they know yeah, they can send it's... him down and have the time i don't think it's um i think it's just they want to have the arm instead of the starter and they know they don't need the starter um so i don't think it's about johnny brito and this will send him down where he can he can schedule himself he can train so that he's ready for his next MLB start which I assume or his next MLB appearance which I assume will be a start Um, and the thing I loved from Johnny Brito which I think is uh, is valuable out of the pen too but it's especially valuable from a starter is for a rookie who's making his major league debut he really flooded the zone he had awesome awesome control Um, and often you'll see nerves um, and often young pitchers just are a little bit wild, but uh that was not a problem at all with Brito. So okay. I want to hear I something certainly really hope weird. That we'll be seeing him again soon.
2: Yeah. L- okay. Luis Heal. Okay. This is really weird. I just look at this. All these guys, Brito, Heel, Loizaga, never gave they, they all pitched all right, five innings for the two for Lwizaga and uh Brito, six for heel in their opening day starts. None of them gave up a run. Pretty similar. I mean, I mean, of course, nobody had the whip that, you know, Brito had, but still, it's kind of like wild to think about, you know, the first. So maybe this is Mirage. Maybe this isn't like some sort of like, you know, what I was saying where like you're there ruining these guys. Maybe these guys just aren't very good. You know, that's the other thing, right? Because <laughs> you want to, you want to like kind of think like mentally, I know maybe I'm not these guys, but for me, if I was a pitcher, I'd want to be, if I played well, I'd be really demoralized. Even if they, no matter who any explaining could be like, I pitched well, I didn't get a run, why are you sending me down? So I think that would kind of piss me off. And I think it would actually maybe pitch worse. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, you spent motivation. I would not be motivated by that. I'd be depressed by that. So I think that it's a mental game, this sport. You know, you got to throw a ball into a little box. I mean, Daniel Bard, God help him, he has the yips again. You know, hopefully he comes back soon, but it's seriously a mental thing. And the guy didn't pitch for 10 years. He's back. He had like 40 saves. It's a wild sport. There's nothing like it. So you got to hope that Rito comes back and he's not like throwing the ball and hitting, you know, John Sterling and hopefully not killing him. But <laughs> I, so that's is what it is. Maybe they so, should. is. The first yeah. off,
0: knock on wood that that doesn't happen. That God bless John the Sterling, National I Treasure. <laughs> but I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. One one, I don't think the Yankees have ruined Jonathan Lewizica at all. He's he's a weapon out of the pen. Um and the thing you have to remember with Heal is he had Tommy John, right? So yeah, it's not well, so much about I think heel's heel's line as a major league yeah. pitcher is still okay. Um, no,
2: I wasn't including Heel at all. I was just saying the first start. I was right. just speaking of guys who they're going to use as both. This is really strictly. I think there's going right. to be wise. I do think Heel was never going to start a game for. I think he's going to be a bullpen guy. I do feel that in my bones.
0: But I mean, Heel has still. So he's pitched seven games in the majors. Uh, all starts. All starts. All starts. Yep. And you know he he only had one last year, but that was because he got injured. Um, so. I don't know. I kind of still think, uh, and some of it depends what happens with Clark and Domingo. Again, I think Clark maybe is a little better suited to the pen, sort of like a Mike King maybe. Um, And Herman, we'll see. We like to use him at the back of the rotation, but also we have used him out of the pen. Um, I actually think that Brito is probably the most suited to stay a starter just because... um, he has that kind of flood the zone uh, sort of approach. And even when Jonathan Lewizica was a starter, that wasn't really his approach as a pitcher. Um, But we'll see. I think uh, hopefully the Yankees have fully communicated to Johnny Brito, and they also had with Heal and everyone else they do this to, I think they have, that they're going down so that they can maintain a roster in a certain way um, so that they don't tire out their bullpen. Um, and he's not feeling any kind of way about having a fantastic Major League debut and then being sent down. Um, yeah, I think, I don't Brito. think he is, Johnny but...
1: Brito will be back. It's mm-hmm. I think it was something where they didn't need a fifth starter for like two weeks, so might as well use an extra roster spot. And yeah. uh, and it's just the way that off days lay out and stuff like that. And I, like you said, I'm sure they explained it to him. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it doesn't mess with him too much. But I think he'll be back, and he'll be starting for
2: sure. I bet he has to yeah. start in Scranton tomorrow or something soon, you know, because he's coming up. Yeah, out because they this.
0: probably want to keep him on a certain track. For got them. it, yeah,
2: got it. Keep that arm fresh.
0: One other thing I certainly want to talk about, a couple things actually from this game, hitting-wise, Giancarlo Stanton hitting one of the most ridiculous home runs I've ever seen at Yankee Stadium. It went over the club, the black, like, the black uh, window club, in Delta center field, yeah. The Delta or no, the Delta Lounge is. I thought the Delta Lounge is behind the plate, but we'll find out what the lounge is and we'll put it in in post so that it just It sounds like we know exactly where all the corporate sponsorship is in Yankee Stadium. Um, Delta sucks. he <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I really don't
2: know anything about it. I've only flown Delta a handful of
0: times. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a ball go over that black window club though. Um, and it was a little bit ridiculous watching it because the camera like sort of thought it wasn't possible, I think. So you only see it in like the top like quarter of the camera. Like the ball is falling. And it's not like in the middle of the frame the way home runs usually are. It was absolutely ridiculous. I think 485, third longest home run in the history of the new Yankee Stadium. The other two were both judge home runs that went to like the mural of all the retired numbers. So absolutely absurd home run from Stanton and really cool that he was able to come back from leaving a bunch of runners on base, ending the game on the TP to hitting this massive two run home run that, uh, sort of gave us some separation.
1: Yeah, that, that was like a, a laughable home run. I just, I had to rewatch the clip like ten times to even know where the ball went. Um, and it, I believe it's the Pepsi Lounge, the one in Centerfield. The Pepsi Lounge. So there that's we uh, we're getting our corporate sponsors. You didn't out. look
0: that up. You just thought of it.
1: Right, right. It just Pepsi. came to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pepsi. Shout out Pepsi. But. Shout out Pepsi. No, that was that was absurd, and like his powers just is second to none. Um, obviously, and uh. Trying to think what, like I said, I was kind of in transit this game. So other than that clip and Johnny Brito's line, I didn't see much of it. But another encouraging win. Another shutout for the Yankees. Can't complain.
0: Yeah, things got ugly late for the Giants here with um Sean Jelly, the really tall reliever they brought in. Oh,
1: yeah. um, he was like 6'10", right?
0: Yeah, I think he's tied for the tallest pitcher or player. With Randy Johnson,
2: I'm sure. Chris Young, I think.
0: I was gonna say John uh, Rush, so we all have different people. Oh. We'll we'll figure that out again. Fix that in post. Um, oh, John
2: Rash is six. He's taller than Christian. He's six eleven.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think Sean Jelly is six eleven. Um, and wow. you know that's a a ridiculous height. But the Yankees <laughs> clearly didn't have any problem picking up the ball. Uh, re- I mean, it wasn't even hits. Really, he just he didn't throw strikes, and the Yankees. We're fine not swinging at him. Uh oh, shout out Higgy also. Higgy had a home run, uh, which is great because he started off last season pretty slow and uh and it's nice for him to get one early. And of course, uh we didn't mention it. It almost goes without saying, but Judge also had a home run. Uh Judge is just incredible, really, really good. Yeah, ho
1: hum, yeah. typical. Yeah.
0: Um, so that's the Giants series. Um, I think you have to feel really good about it. You know, that second game was not what you want, but two really good games, two really great pitching games, and, you know, two home runs, I think, in every game, at least. And uh, the Yankees really seem to start the season off on a good foot. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. So now we'll go on to the Phillies series. The Phillies entered this series sort of reeling um not fully reeling because it's only three games four games into the series or the season but uh they lost all three of their games um to the rangers and i was a little bit wary that maybe we would get a phillies team that was like really dead set on like riding the ship not what happened at all um we looked pretty good again one two of three dropped the second game uh Unlike the Giants game, I feel like we looked a little bit lifeless in that second game, but we'll uh, hit that game when we get to it. It was kind of the first uh, the first egg they laid this season. Uh, game one was an 8-1 to one win. It was a fun one. Nestor Cortez's season debut, Nestor's always fun. Uh, we scored early, uh, then we scored a little bit more. Then we scored a lot late, which kind of made it a laugher, led to the debut of Ian Hamilton, who replaced Johnny Brito on the roster. I'm going to want to talk about him a little bit. Um, What stuck out to you as a positive from this game,
1: OJ? Um, I think this was kind of the start of this glaber. I mean, he obviously, in the first series, he was great. And then, like, this game, he kind of just erupted. He went two for two. He had a homer, three walks. You know, he was... You just filled up the stat sheet. I think you see it, him going the other way. He's, he's hitting with more power. I think this home run was opposite fields to the shore porch. Um, I think that combined with Nestor and, and his dominance continuing a lot of people kind of just consider Nestor like a little bit fluky and they thought last year was kind of an aberration, but no, he, he's just a, a damn good pitcher. And that's really all it is. Um, He did. He went five innings. He, Gave up seven hits, which is a lot, but only gave up one run and um, three strikeouts is a little low for him. But like you know, it's it's one game. You can't can't nitpick it too much. So um, I'm super excited for Nestor this season, and then uh, and Glaber as well. We we keep touching on him, but if he if he keeps this up, it's it's uh, it's gonna be really good for him.
2: Love Nestor, love Nestor so much. I so happy he did well. I I was so nervous when. He got like shelled in his first spring training outing because people. I'm just like, because you, it, I'm not, not sold on him. I, mean, I am sold on Nestor Cortez, but the way he pitches is not this blow it by you way. Which is, I know it's stupid to think about, but like in a way, it's like a knuckleball. It's not, but it's more, it's akin to a knuckleball than a guy who can just go out there and blow it by you, because if you don't constantly, if you don't hit your spot with Nestor, you know, he it's 92 down the middle is, you know, it's not blow a pie of speeds it's really like it makes you nervous in a way but yeah he had, he had success in the playoffs he had success in 2021 and 2022 and his first start and everything is going well we love nestor nestor you know he loves yankee fans so they're really you really can't ask for a better person or player on your uh on your major league baseball team in my opinion
0: yeah Nestor's the man and the thing to remember with nestor is it is a 92 mile per hour fastball but because of the spin rate it plays up and yeah. the way he messes with his windup sometimes he has like way more than meets the eye. So it's the spin rate and the funky, the like holding on the leg. The Yankees had that awesome social media video about, uh, the various players impersonating. his like hesitating windup when he does it. Um, and then sometimes he'll short arm it. Sometimes he'll quick pitch it. Uh, I think Nestor is someone who will be able to have fun with the pitch clock. Uh, so, Nestor doesn't have like the power pitcher Cole Rodon speed um, or style, but he does have his own kind of style that makes him a really effective MLB pitcher. And I do think it's okay to have those kinds of expectations for Nestor. Now he's been essentially at this level for a season and a half and uh, he seems, he seems to be legit. And the thing about Nestor that's really awesome, apart from, the personality is he has these like just like Nestor moments and you know, the diving for first, uh, last year, uh, we were, I think all at the playoff game, but not with each other at game two where he made that incredible play to get the out at first. Um, and then he had another one in this game where, uh, he was in a bit of a jam actually. And, uh, I forget who it was hit a double to, um, Or a a single, but the runner advanced. uh, And Franchi Cordero in right totally airmails it. It goes over the catcher's head. One of the uh, worst throws I've ever seen. (laughs) It was was one of those (laughs) throws... Where you're like, oh, 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 oh no.
2: <laughs> right <laughs> um, out of the hand. You like, that's, what, that's what it what killed John Sterling if any throw would have. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. You know,
0: that's the true. Yeah, that's what we have in mind when we think of, like, a, a throw going bad. It's like that Franchi. Oh, God, where's that going? <laughs> Nestor, backing up the throw behind home plate, actually sort of off to the angle exactly where he should be for a throw from right, not only catches it so the runner can advance home, but then guns Brandon Mar a shocked Brandon Marsh uh, down at third base. Really nice tag by DJ. And he gets himself out of the inning. Like Nestor makes things happen. It's like he said, uh, underneath his body is an athlete. And that's just athletic plays right there. Um and also a tough one. break for Brandon Marsh because first inning, sort of the whole the whole reason this series started off on such a pro. Yankee slant was there is a LeMahieu should have been single that Brandon Marsh tries to dive for. It gets by him, turns into a LeMahieu triple, and that leads to a two-run first inning for the Yankees. So tough game for Brandon Marsh, but Brandon Marsh's loss is Nestor Cortez's gain. And now, as Aaron Boone said, the legend of Nestor and like the funny, sort or not funny, but like creative things he does in the field is just growing and growing. Oh, yeah Oh Yeah, he's
1: the man. The man.
0: Uh, hitting wise, I mean, there's so much, but, uh, the one I want to touch on apart from Glaber, who was mashing, um, Franchi Cordero, I don't think we've talked about him yet. He was added to the roster right before opening day. Um, he took what would have been the Ortega Calhoun slot. Then, uh, when Florial got DFA'd, um, he's like essentially, the fourth outfielder if hicks isn't the fourth outfielder we'll talk about hicks a little bit at the end but um what are we seeing from franchi cordero so far
2: liking it liking it i mean yeah it's weird but i like
1: it seems like a good fit he i'm you know like uh i mean with that throw and then there was something else today there's just some weird stuff going on with him but like it's fun. It's entertaining. And he's, if he keeps hitting, he'll, he'll continue to be in that lineup. He'll, he'll kind of be that fourth outfielder, at least I hope, um, over, over Aaron Hicks.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think you Hicks go. has to go, but that's like, that's a story. I mean, that's, we'll talk about that later. It's just, it's just like, he's such a non-entity on this team, man. I mean, yeah.
0: Just, yeah. I mean, without getting into the Hicks of it all, which we will, why don't we again, get into it? Yeah. You want to just start the Hicks thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Aaron Hicks is frustrating me because he is an 11 year pro in this league. He is a veteran on this team. And I understand that he doesn't want to be riding the bench. He doesn't want to see the team say essentially, we would rather have these infielders who are generally athletic like IKF and Oswaldo Cabrera, we didn't even mention actually the beginning of the IKOF era against San Francisco, but the Yankees started IKF over Hicks in center and they started Oswaldo over Hicks and left. So I understand why Hicks doesn't like that, but Aaron Hicks is a veteran in this league and he should know better than to go to the press and be like whiny and, Say things like, if you had told me that I wouldn't have played or started in the first three games in spring training, I wouldn't have believed you. He has to be better than that. He just has to. And when you have somebody who is a veteran outfielder like that, or a veteran in general, who is making a scene, that becomes a distraction. And especially when the Yankees are playing well out of the gate, having something like that just can't happen. And... You know, I think he's probably trying to make his his unhappiness clear because he wants to be traded. But I would like him to handle that internally. Handle that with handle that with uh with cash and boone. He he shouldn't be creating the kind of environment that he's creating.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it it's kind of a, a uh it's like the more he does that, the more that the fans are gonna turn on him and the more he's gonna get booed and it just comes back on him. Like, what's the point of going to the media and saying that when it's you're just making it so much worse for you and then you know it got to the point where judge had to go over to hicks and even like talk to him and like pat him on the back like he is becoming a distraction and you you kept saying like he's a veteran and but he i mean he's acting like a baby i mean you gotta kind of just man up and and you get it like you want to play and if if you really want to play you can you can hit maybe <laughs> and he hasn't really done anything to back up his statements um if he's that surprised like maybe maybe you should hit above like 100 and actually get on base the
0: yeah. other thing is i do feel for him from a from a like emotional standpoint like he's he's trying out there i know he's trying and things haven't been going his way for a couple of years now but he makes it harder to be on his side when he comes out with quotes like this and when- yeah. he makes the fans even more sort of against him.
2: Well, here's the thing about Aaron Hicks: he's getting paid ten million dollars this year. He's getting paid nine million point nine point seven next year, nine point seven in twenty twenty five, and then um, a team option in twenty twenty six for twelve and a half, which we know we won't take. So there's the million dollar buyout there, but that's eighteen million dollars plus. You know, that's roughly that's like it's, it's a lot of freaking. That's like thirty million if you really want to add all this. He's going to make over this year and the next two years. It's really hard not. I don't feel for him at all. You know, I think he's I think he's old you know, like he's getting, he can't hit, he's, you know, he's younger
0: than DJ LeMay here.
2: That's, you know, that's That's crazy. crazy. Well, it just goes to show you about one guy you can, I mean, two different kinds of players, right? I mean, one guy's professional, one guy's, you know, should be gone, exiled, sent away. (laughs) And I don't, Yeah, you
0: you said that thing about the team option. Like I, like, honestly, I can't imagine that Hicks will be around for us to opt out of that contract. Well,
2: I don't know because here's what it will come down to. Can you trade this guy? I really like. I don't think he, he. I don't think there are any outfielders or any players on a major league roster that are better than Aaron Hicks. I think he might be the worst positional player in major league baseball.
0: I don't think that. So I think here, Nick Allen on the don't make me make him.
2: the case for Hicks here. Don't make me make the case. I'm gonna make you make the case because I've seen nothing. <laughs> okay. I see a loser who can barely move. Okay. Okay. Here's the case. Although, Here's the case for Hicks. If he goes out and hits three home runs on Friday.
0: I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah. He's hit like six home runs in the past year. So Um, the case for Hicks, though, is he's still a good eye. He can get walked. And he is somebody who is worth taking a flyer on because he's shown stuff in the past. And if you're a team that needs a, uh, a competent outfielder who can have a solid at bat, then you might want to take a flyer on Aaron Hicks. I do think though that I said this in our group chat, the problem for trading Hicks or the problem for the Yankees with trading Hicks is that he falls in this kind of weird place where he doesn't really improve a team that much. So for anyone you would be trying to trade Hicks to, they would be making a choice between should we go with Aaron Hicks or should we go with our version of an Estevan Florial? And it's that kind of hasn't quite Uh, found it yet at the major league level, but has tools. And I think it makes sense for a lot of these teams to be like, no, we'll stick with like our version of Florio. And that kind of has the Yankees in between on Hicks. I don't know if I think that Hicks will be gone soon, even though I think he should be. Um, I just can't imagine Hicks being here for three more years this year, and then a full next year, and then a full year after that. So we can opt out of the contract. I just don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna get ugly, I think, with the fans and it's gonna be like Joey Gallo and it's basically gonna you're gonna have Brian Cashman's hands tied and you have to do something. Um well, there's no like, money
2: tied to Gallo. This would this is like an issue. Right. Like this is a right. real issue because I don't know, like it's do you wanna be like like the knock Steve Cohen all you want, and I'll be the first one to do it. I mean, look at the Mets and they just got swept by the Brewers. I mean, all due respect, they they do suck. Um, but when there are guys who aren't that when there are guys who are under contract for a certain amount of time that's going to go beyond this current season and they're not performing like Robinson Cano he says signara. now he did now he was not there for the Cano trades and signing that's a little different you have a lot of pride here with Cashman who brought this who at the time I mean I mean I know Demar was it, it didn't feel this way but I thought it was a good signing at the time I liked Aaron Hicks I was an Aaron Hicks fan um and he disappointed me greatly you know I was betrayed, right? But just because
0: I didn't like the signing at the time, that doesn't mean it was crazy. Um, I know it wasn't crazy. I mean, it was.
2: It's economic. Okay, it's economical in the sense, like the Severino thing. It's economical at the time if you're looking at it with the market. It just did not work out because he just got injured every time ever ever since. And then
0: the years have turned into a real albatross, sort of. And the thing is, with the Cano deal, he -hmm. was in the last year of his contract. Yeah. So yeah, it was a lot of money. Um, in fact, it was kind of similar in money to Hicks, and Hicks is three years. Um, so the years are really an issue, I think. And that's why I think, I don't know, I really still struggle with the idea of Hicks being on this roster for the rest of the year. I just, it seems like the situation is becoming, like, toxic. Like, he he looks like, he looks terrible. He looks like he is in pain out there. And these dugout shots of him, they're depressing. And, like, I don't want to see... I don't want to see Aaron Hicks have like mental anguish. Um, (laughs) That's that's not what I tune into the Yankees for. But ten million dollars, he needs to get. I know. That's I know. I I I just like this relationship isn't working for anybody. So I don't see what Cashman is doing. Like at the same time, you might not have a a real suitor for Hicks. I just I can't see Cashman saying like no we have to keep forcing this uh square peg into the round hole when it's going so poorly for everybody throw the peg yeah. be done with him. i think they're trying
1: I- to move him it's just like there's only so much you can do
0: yeah i think with ikof though um if he's an outfielder now uh and you know he might have to be playing third for a game yeah that's what i was going to say donaldson is hurt but if and that could That could save Franchi's roster spot, maybe. But if he's an outfielder now, then I don't know. I don't know what Hicks is for. And Hicks said in the quote, I don't know my role. And, you know, I would say his role is probably a lot of pinch hitting to get a walk, right? Like, that's what you would use a Hicks for. If you're down one run, you throw him in there, hope he can work a walk, and then you pinch run IKF or Franchi or somebody for him. And that's a, a shitty role. But, like, that's what he adds to the team right now, I think. And not until he starts an, it's hitting. It's an
2: addition. It's like a sub, I mean, you're putting the guy up there with no confidence. He's going to even put the ball in play. The worst part is he's – the worst part is it's such a tease. He does three zero counts. And, he, I mean, the pitchers are like, oh, okay, what am I doing? This guy's horrible. Let me just throw you – let me just
0: pound the zone. That was a tough – his at-bat against here. the Giants was a tough oh, at-bat. Um, yeah. Was... But he also got some tough calls. I just – the other thing is, a veteran. This isn't the first time he did this. He did this last year yeah. with the Harrison Bader situation. When Bader came back, he had all these quotes about how how oh um Joey started to play better with the Dodgers. I saw that on a podcast. Also, he if didn't. you're making a if you're making a complaint, no, don't say, say I saw it on a podcast. <laughs> I saw it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so. Joey started to play better with the Dodgers, and I saw on a podcast that Dave Roberts played a big part of that with him wanting to get the most out of his players. That was a quote from Aaron Hicks, not even from this batch of bad Hicks quotes. That's from last year. Same article. He said, uh, as of right now, I feel the more I play, the better I'm going to play. That's not what's going on right now. Things are tough in New York. I don't have an answer. If they feel this isn't the right fit for me, that's their call. If I do go to another team, I know I can help them win. That was another quote from Aaron Hicks last September that seems like it's applying to right now. And this one, it's like he's begging to be traded. He says, if I go to another team, I know I can help them win. He doesn't really say anything about, like, if I'm on the Yankees in a role that isn't what I imagined, I still think I can contribute. His his mind is elsewhere, I think, and you know when they asked him, "Can he make it work in New York?" Hicks said, "I don't know. The Yankees are going to have to make a decision, and I'll wait for whatever happens. It's not really my call." So he's yeah, not in a that's... good headspace. He hasn't been in a good headspace for months now.
1: Um, no, that's crazy that he's still on the team after a, a whole offseason. After that, those
2: quotes like there, there's really
0: he's delusional. No issues, yeah.
2: He's a California guy, and if you think, first of all, the Dodgers are so so many outfielders, they can barely play Trace Thompson with three home runs the other night. Um, they they don't need another out. That's the step of was last year. It's stupid if you're talking about it. Dave Roberts is still their manager, so it's really not that stupid. But if you want to, and the the or the Angels surely not going to get you. They don't need another horrible player. Um, he's clearly just look. I mean, he's, he's like a he's spurned. He feels spurned. You know, he's getting paid ten million dollars. Yes. He feels spurned. You know, he's like a mob wife. You know, it'd be that's the problem, right? He's. Well, you know, getting all that, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not a good reference. I think it's like it's like he's Carmelo Soprano. He needs to just like shut the fuck up and just deal with life. You know what I mean? Take your money and you're on the team. Enjoy your life and just have a smile on your face. And don't be such a like a morose character. Just it's just stinking up the room. It's a fun team, but it's never going to be totally
0: fun, fun, fun until he's gone. So, well, now that we know that Hicks listens to podcasts, maybe he'll listen to this and he'll take some this of it podcast. to heart. Yeah. yeah yeah and then he'll come in and he'll speak to like the uh the New York uh Yankees beat reporters and he'll be like you know what <laughs> i thought about it and i think i'm going to have a new attitude i'm going to just try to make the most of my role and they'll be like aaron that's so new and it sort of goes against some of your previous quotes what made you uh have this sudden change of heart and he'll be like yeah i heard it on a podcast
1: no, he um, saw it on, oh, a on a
0: podcast. He saw it on a podcast. Yeah. How does Aaron Hicks consume podcasts? Um, <laughs> no. Anyway, well, Franchi Cordero, I don't think he's he's fast. He's like weird. He he has a, some power, but he's, he has a lot of really brutal at-bats. I don't really think he's a part of the future of this team. I really hope that what happened with Rugnet Odor, where he just kind of sticks, I hope that doesn't happen with Franchi Cordero, because I think if the Yankees are a contending team, they need uh, they need to be better than Franchi Cordero. Franchi or Franchi Cor- Cordero needs to be a lot better than he's shown to be so far.
2: Well, it depends on me off about Franchi before we move on to these other games. that just that his he's a worse defender statistically than Calhoun. And Calhoun this is a different sample. But if you look at defensive runs saved, it's just like – And Calhoun, he has a – he's got him like 280 or 290, triple. I'm not saying – and they both had good springs. It's just kind of stupid what they did in the whole Ortega thing. It just feels –
0: just like, what the heck was going on? What, what is going we on? He also can't on? play center field. Uh, but
1: yeah, it's a... yeah, it was weird. I know. It's almost like, it's like such a margin. If they do view it as an upgrade, it's such a tiny upgrade. It's like, is it even worth it? I
0: don't know. Yeah, And that goes back to like the Florial thing. Like Florial could play center field uh, and Ortega could play center field. And Calhoun was hitting really well. Franchi was also hitting well. For the Orioles, it just, it seems like we talked about how if they get someone else, it could be like a Sam Hilliard who is basically another Calhoun Ortega. So why don't you just take the Calhoun Ortega that you have? And they went out and they got another Calhoun Ortega. And I don't know. Sam Hilliard's having a hell
2: of a season up there with the Atlanta guys. So we're not going to be able to get him. One game, one plate appearance, one walk, one (laughs) stolen base, and one run. Wow. One so, is the loneliest buddy, But he is on their Major League roster, so they clearly did see some value in him. Yeah. Uh,
0: so- uh, one more thing, actually, I want to bring up about this. Uh, Ian Hamilton. I think that he is going to be an up-and-down guy because he has options, but I was impressed. There was something I really liked about uh, the pitches I saw from him, and then after, there was kind of a whole thing about how that breaking pitch that he throws is not really a slider and not really a changeup. Yeah, what is it called? Like a... They call it a, uh, a slambio. Slambio, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the slider-changeup hybrid. Apparently he grips it like a changeup, but then throws it like a slider. I don't really know how that's possible, but um, I think it's a really cool pitch, and immediately it kind of jumped out at me, and I kind of hope we see a lot more of Ian Hamilton. I could see him maybe not becoming high leverage, but becoming somebody who is an important bridge guy for if someone is in like trouble with their pitch count early, if we need some like innings to, to kind of keep a game close or which was really what Lucas Licky was quite good at is if we're losing by a run or two and we don't want to punt the game away, have someone who can keep us close without using our high leverage guys. And I think that could be a role for Ian Hamilton.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: I think that's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't have too much of a take on Ian Hamilton, but that that pitch is fun and it's it's pretty unique. Um, it it immediately jumped out as like, whoa, what was that? Um, but yeah, hopefully we see more of Ian Hamilton.
2: Well, if we want to move on to like the loss, the second Phillies, the second Phillies game, Jimmy Cordero. I know we didn't win the game, but another uh, another good outing for this guy. Three, uh... yeah. Three solid outings. I mean, maybe Cashman was onto something. I mean, the guy, another guy has had next to no success at the major league level and hasn't been up here for a couple of years. So it's weird. I mean, three, three games. He pitched three games. It's like you can't decide anything. It's just I mean, in a week he could have an ERA of a thousand or something, you know. It's it's really hard to talk about relievers like this. But yeah, another guy. So and he's staying yeah, up.
0: Yeah, and I didn't love his first outing. I uh or not his first outing, his his first long outing, his second outing, because mm. I think his first outing, he came in, he got one out. His his outing, um, his second outing against the Giants. I thought he looked really shaky, but he looked a lot better in this uh second uh Phillies game. And that is something that's really encouraging because I think when you look at this bullpen, they look uh sort of not equipped compared to some of our previous sort of super bullpens, because at the back of this bullpen we have Ian Hamilton, Jimmy Cordero, Albert Abreu, sort of all of these guys who are just sort of out of nowhere. And if these guys can prove themselves, and Colton Brewer, who also looked pretty good. We kind of talked about his addition, but we glossed over. He uh, he pitched the end of that game against the Giants, the uh, the last win, and he looked pretty good. So having some solid innings out of these guys so they can kind of earn their keep, maybe create some trust with Boone, so that they can be pitched in some more substantial moments is crucial. And so far they've all showed something.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. A lot of Corderos now. I think there's no, more- <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say. I, I did look it up. There are no more major league level. I'm sure <laughs> there's some minor leaguers. I, but I mean, it's uh it's fun, you know, a lot of uh, too bad. Reporting uh, all the MLB Corderos. I know, I know it's sad. I mean, it's uh, not enough for everybody else, but it is what it is, right? We like our Corderos. Oh, there's a Starling Quartaro. Um, His name, he is a 24-year-old about to turn 25. Not really, though. 6'7", 220 pitcher on the uh, minor league team for... Oh, he's... Never mind. He's in Japan. Oh. Well. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, The Yokohama Bay Stars. Um, so that's cool. Trey Amberguet is on that team. Okay, what a connection. Okay, so... <laughs> well, all right, anyway. Rabbit hole aside, that was a i like jimmy cordero that's my guy so
0: yeah and uh you know he he was he was throwing some good pitches and uh maybe he'll have a (laughs) maybe he'll have a spot on this team uh (laughs) going forward yeah um apart from that this was an ugly game in general for the yankees i think um this was this was a rough one. They looked... It was like the first game, and this is going to happen a handful of times in a 162-game season, but they looked kind of dead. And it's not worth overreacting to because they looked good in the other five. If you can play five good games, one bad game, you're probably going to win a World Series. But there wasn't a lot of good uh, in this game. It was nice to see LeMahieu hit a home run at the end. Um, and... You know the start from Domingo wasn't really that bad. Uh, it's just the Yankees didn't hit. Yeah.
1: Yep. I mean, four hits. You're not. You're not going to win too many games with that. It's really as simple as that. Um, you know, it was the usual suspects getting hits. It was DJ. It was Glaber. Um, and Volpe had a uh, had a hit as well. But like I said, four hits versus the Phillies, ten. You're 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 going to lose every time
2: this was like an August 25th game last year. This is just not, you know, this is not what you wanted. This is very, you know, bad Yankees classic vibes where you just get this, you know, the four runs you should be able to, you know, you shouldn't be demoralized by four runs. Right. That's just, but, and her mom, like her mom wasn't on his, like you said, it wasn't on his A game, but it's just, uh, it's tough. I think the, another issue, a little thing of concern. I mean, I mean, I like Michael King a lot, but the four hits in the inning and a third, you didn't give up any runs and one strikeout. It's just, it's i, I like whether i don't know if i like whether they're using king that's what i'll say it's seemed like they might even make him closer and now he's just this guy who comes in when it's like four i know like that's what he was but then he started not being that guy towards the end of his season the end which ended early so i think like it's kind of a weird i don't know i don't know if they really i don't know if that's the right role for him that's all i mean i think clark schmidt when he gets healthy should be that role or if gets um or when severian gets healthy should revert back to that role I think King should be later innings. I, I Loizaka, Loizaga, King, Marinaccio, Wandy, some combination of them. But that's just my take on that.
0: Yeah, King had a tough one. And this was not sort of the bad luck one that he had in his mm-hmm. first outing. He just, he didn't really have it. Um, I don't know if I agree totally. I don't think it was really in the cards for him to be closer, at least this year, even though I think he might be their most valuable reliever. I think they always kind of wanted him in that, sort of you-can-use-him-anywhere role, yeah. and I think if he can do that, that's really huge. Um, I don't know if he can do that right now when he's just coming off injury, so maybe we should try to find some softer landing spots for him so that he can find his footing again and then try to move him into that role.
2: Yeah, fair. Fair. Al- Albrea, um, Alberto Brea, though. Great, 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 great. Another came came back to us last season. Amazing. Another great performance that game, so...
0: Positives. Yeah, once again, these kind of these back of the bullpen guys have been have been okay, and again, they're not in important spots, but they've been pretty good so far.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: And then, hitting wise, there really wasn't anything to speak of. But I mentioned the LeMahieu home run at the end that got us on the board. Also, Glaber Torres another hit, and mm-hmm. I think the Glaber conversation will really take off now, as we talk about the last game of the series. Yankees win four to two. Um, this was sort of the big matchup between Cole and Nola, uh, the two aces and Cole had his ace stuff. Nola pretty good game as well. Cole went six and a third, one earned run, eight Ks. Nola went six, three earned runs, five Ks. Um, I think this is sort of, I mean, there's two headlines really. One is. Cole is nails again. And seeing that from Garrett Cole as a Yankee fan is, is exactly what you want. And we kind of talked about it at the top where Cole has gotten a lot of unnecessary flack from Yankee fans and from non Yankee fans who just kind of like to hate. Um, And I love seeing him kind of stick it to the haters right now because he is, he is locked in and, it was fun. There was a clip, and I didn't even really catch this uh, when I was at the stadium, but he uh, he got into a slight jam. He, he walked a couple guys. I think it was the end of the uh, fifth or sixth, and he got... I think it was it was Pache, maybe, um, to... And by the way, I didn't even know that Christian Pache was on the Phillies, but he got Pache to pop up to the catcher, and... He's like shouting from the mound like Trevi, it's staying in. Trevi, it's staying in. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's such a Cole thing. I love I think Cole's personality is very underrated, but uh just how locked in he was, him like communicating that with his catcher from the mound, like he's he's all in right now and and it shows. Yeah,
1: but for the Cy he's he's uh two starts have been absolutely dominant. Uh he's he's like storm up 98 97 he just he's so fun to watch when he he has this kind of stuff and uh and i think that combined with you know they they did hit well today nine hits um spread it around labor of course leading the charge three for four he was i mean we keep saying it but like he is just he's locked in as well um yeah i mean Gruber, what'd you think of? Uh, I like the Holmes thing, man. That
2: was what I was saying earlier. Yeah, Very yeah. encouraging. I didn't, I didn't see. Uh, look, we I mean, we talked about this at the beginning. I didn't see any of the game. I didn't even see the highlight. I didn't even see where the Trevino home run go- went. You know what I mean? Um, so left field, yeah. left field. I assumed. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, also, I mean, Trevino hitting great. Um, right where yeah. he left off. Well, actually, he didn't leave off too great. So right where he left off midseason. You know, that's exciting. Yeah, like him last spring. Like him last... and. All we're asking for this guy is like 250. He doesn't, his OPS is never going to be that high. 250, like 670 to like 700 OPS. It's fine. That's all. We're, he's, he's, we have defense catching. Catching is where we're all good there. And they, they, if Clay Holmes can do that, be ever closer again it's just these are small steps it's, we're incrementally building this thing back up to what we were last year we're gonna have to take on this behemoth of the astros again and they're going through some early season struggles but they are very very good and that's where at that at the end of our uh journey you know like all all movies that's our that's the matchup that's gonna be i don't see it any other way i mean the twins are the best team in the al central we own we have their number and you'll have some crappy card teams like the Mariners, maybe escaping. The Angels are classically off to a good start; they'll collapse by the end of the sentence. And um, so it's it's really just like the path is, the path is there, and it's all leading up to that. But it's been a great great first six games.
0: Yeah, uh, Hicks, uh, uh, not Hicks. I've got Hicks on the brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> Need some um, um, Yeah, no. Uh, Glaber was. Really awesome. He got the um, the first two RBIs in this game, and Trevi quietly off to a 308 start, which is not where I think we should expect him. But if he's gonna be there, that's awesome. Uh, so just that was where the offense came from. But at the same time, Judge got a hit. He scored on a Glaber uh, single. Lemayhew nice double to the left field gap. He scored on a Glaber single, um, and. Oswaldo had a nice like bloop double where it was like clearly not good contact, but he stormed out of the box immediately and was able to uh turn what was essentially a flare into a double. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that you love to see. Uh Franchi Cordero also, as bad as his throw was, and this throw wasn't very good, he gunned someone at second, and yeah. it was a little bit interesting because it wasn't, like, a perfect throw, but he threw it, like, to the vicinity, mm-hmm. and Derek Hall was, like, so slow and far out that he uh, he threw it in front of the bag. Volpe had to kind of, like, jut out to make the catch and then make sort of an acrobatic tag, but he made the play kind of a nice defensive highlight for Volpe and also sort of a nice play for Franchi that he gets to put on his ledger, um, even if it wasn't a perfect throw. Mm-hmm. So. You know, a lot to like here. And also something I liked from Cole was there's kind of a narrative about Cole that he doesn't always respond well when there's an error or there's a bad call. And like that can lead to him kind of unwinding. Uh, There were a couple moments where there was a bad call where he thought he should have gotten a strike three to Bryson Stott. Uh, He didn't get it, turns into a double, and all of a sudden he is a man on second and he gets out of it. So that's great. Similar thing. He has two outs. He has this like sort of weird chopper that's hit to IKF at third. Really unfortunate that it's IKF with a history of errors. But this was a really hard play. He's charging in. He fields it. He makes the throw, but it's not really. Uh... And Trey Turner was actually the runner here. So fast runner. He tries to make the play at first. He can't. Um, And then Cole has a really fast runner on with two outs and he has to face Schwarber. Instead, he picks off Trey Turner at first. So a lot of really good rolling with the punches from Garrett today. And um and I'm loving it. I'm really loving what I've seen from Cole. He has a he has a 0.73 ERA right now. How great is that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels so good to have like a true ace where, you know, you have the number one guy and whenever you roll him out there. You're confident you can win the game and it, it does feel good. It it's something that I feel like we haven't had in a while. I mean Cole's been obviously the number one the past couple years, but this these past couple starts feel different. It feels like he's on a mission and like I think everyone kind of has is in that headspace. Like we gotta win and, and this is our year. I think uh they're not fooling around. So it's a good start. Uh they they won both series. Um nothing much to complain about. We mm-hmm. we obviously have nitpicked throughout the episode, but uh, overall, I think it's very encouraging.
2: One error this season—that's it. The original one—that's it. One error. I know, like that's not the great way greatest way to judge a fielding team, but it's like some you got it. They making means they're, but they it means they are making the routine plays. That's the best way to judge it. It's not, yeah. You, know, you can the fancy throws. And there have been there.
0: some like flashy plays too.
2: Oh, yeah. judge diving all around the field. I mean, it's also nice. to Judge. Just to see Stanton out in the field right field for four games, three games, whatever. I think it's been maybe three or four. And that's something I didn't know if it was gonna happen, and it did. I was wrong. And I'm happy I'm wrong. It's one of those. Yeah,
0: no, I was really happy with how much Stanton played the outfield. Second game. Uh, Trevi had the really (laughs) nice catch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Trevi had the one at the net. Uh, you know, and then today IKF at third pressed into duty because of the Donaldson injury. He had a really nice play to end the inning where he made sort of a tough play moving towards the line and then he stepped on the bag at third, uh, so you know they're making the routine plays and they're making a couple of nice plays. Nestor, of course, nice play, but oh. I mean, there's a lot to like. And the one thing that we've touched on a little, but I want to talk about right before we finish here is stolen bases. It was certainly a highlight of this episode or of this of this game because they were running on J T. Realmuto sort of with ease. Um, Glaber. Glaber tried to steal three bases today and he got two of them and judge also judge also stole one judge stole in the first inning after a single, it got him into scoring position. And that's what led to Glaber uh, bringing him in on an RBI single Glaber steals uh sec or he tries to steal after his RBI single, he's thrown out, but then he tries to steal a second time. He gets it. And then late in the game, he hits a double, and he steals third on Real Mudo. Like, Crazy. Glaber, I don't know where this is coming from. We've seen spurts of Glaber stealing, but I don't know if we've ever seen Glaber running this aggressively.
1: And yes. uh, it's fun. No, I love it. I feel like it, it's kind of a shift in philosophy for the Yankees overall. You know, it's always been they kind of felt a little stagnant, and it's, it's part of the analytical thing where the percentages don't exactly align, and they'd rather just stay put and hope for a home run and then you'll score no matter what. But I think this shift in philosophy is, is beneficial and it's super fun, obviously from a viewing perspective, but I yeah. hope this, this stolen base aggressiveness kind of keeps up. And I think it, I don't know, it, it feels more like old school where you're, you're hitting singles, you're stealing second, you're, you know, hitting runs, stuff like that. I love it. So I hope it continues. Same. Same.
0: Yeah, they did try a hit-and-run in the kind of dead game, and it didn't work because Glaber tried to run, and Donaldson hit a ball to right field, and Glaber got doubled up. But I appreciated the attempt, Um, and I'd love to see more of that. Uh, So now, as we're winding down, we're going to do a quick new segment called Airing of Grievances. This is where uh, one of us, or several of us, depending on the subject, are going to sort of ring out the Yankees a little bit uh, for a problem or something that we've noticed. And for uh, this first segment of airing of grievances, I'm going to turn the floor over to Jacob Gruber for okay. some conversation about the Yankees' bullpen.
2: Okay. Well, I've been alluding to this kind of all episode. It's it's like the uh, the house of cards in a way. And uh, you have at the top, you have a weak card in Clay Holmes who has – had moments of brilliance, but what we did in the office, what Cashman did in the offseason to address this thing was bring in Tommy Canely, who let me quickly get up his numbers here. And or, or, I'm not even talking about stats. I'm talking about, you know, games played since the 2018 season. I said he played, well, she only did 24 games, 2019, 72 games for the Yankees 360 era 2020. We all know he only had one game 2021 missed the entire season. Last season, he was injured at two, eight, four era and 13 games for the Dodgers. That is not great um that is really a bad sign What is that 13 games in yeah. three seasons yes zach Britton is a brings trauma to our brains um <laughs> that name um he had similar in i don't know about the injuries but injury issues we were I'm all not sure zach
0: Britton should bring trauma he well he had i mean well, i, I was so
2: good. i love zach Britton. i was so excited when we had him when he was when he was doing going well he was going oh my god you unhittable the sinker the guy was unreal um and of course, you know, we waited all season. I was so excited. And on the back of your mind, you're like, oh, is this guy going to be bad? Is he going to be bad? Is he going to be bad? He really was bad. You know, um, I think he was gone a week later, which sucks because it was on the I.O. I mean, it wasn't gone, gone, but that's another name. But anyway, we brought in Canley a two year deal. We let Green walk, and Chad Green and Tommy John. Right, he's going to be back for the, he'll be on the Blue Jays. He'll be back at the end of the year, maybe probably next year. Um, it just didn't really make any sense if we're going for sustainability. F Ross is already on the aisle. Now we have all these injuries, and it's time to bring somebody in who we trust because nobody really we we say all these names, but who do we really trust? Like honestly, who do we really trust? Maybe Wandy Peralta. Yeah, I trust Wandy. Yeah, Wandy. Yeah. That it. OJ. Who Who do you trust?
1: Um. That's Wandi. um... It's it, like after today, I, I, I'm starting to trust clay, but I feel like the second, it's really good. To trust, today, but he did. He struck out the who side. Did he strike out?
2: Who did he like, but who did he get? Like, it's like, uh, that that I don't him. remember, but, but the giants aren't good and they destroyed him. Like that's what
1: I, yeah, no, but he really did look good today. And and I saw a lot of people on Twitter praising saying like, Oh, the old clay's back. I hope so. But I feel like the second we start to buy in, it's going to, it's going to go down.
0: Yeah. Clay lost about a lot Michael of Q. faith. The like the end of last season, he looked so much like shakier than the clay that we kind of had signed on to be our closer. So we certainly lost a lot of trust in a lot, uh, from a lot of Yankee fans, but he looked awesome, I thought. This um, is a far
2: cry from the bullpen of even a few years ago when we would have these, oh my God, Chapman, Batanzas, Britton. But Robert wasn't even pitching in the playoffs for us. That's how good we were.
0: Dylan <laughs> Batanzas was... That, well, he that, also, he had a meltdown in those players. He like... He, no, he's but no, I'm talking about, if good.
2: you compare the, the relative history, this guy, yeah. if you look at his stats, he does not have a lot of playoff stuff for the Yankees because it's not because, you know, he was getting phased out. We didn't really have a lot of playoff great runs with him anyway. But it just, we really had this stacked team and just sitting out there on the bench waiting to come
0: in and... We were just – now we're at a paltry level of talent. It sucks. It really just sucks. It, so, Gruber, uh, Holmes was against Castellanos, Stott, and Bohm.
2: All right. That's respectable. Okay. I really solid. like that. Okay. I, was, I was about to say Christian Pache, and then I was about to panic. <laughs> <He> was... <laughs>
0: but oh, awesome.
1: Castellanos and Boehm are solid hitters.
2: Boehm,
0: uh, and yeah. Stott is hitting 435 and was two for four no. in this game. Oh, it's great. No, no, no. It's He's great. off to a good start.
2: Look – We'll see what the future holds. But even then, I think we all agree that Brian Cashman needs to pick up the phone and get two to three arms onto this team. One has to be a lefty. One needs to be a really good righty, in my opinion. One needs to be a righty that, you know, yeah, one needs to be a really good righty. Like, definitely yeah,
1: easier saying. said than done, but no, oh. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. But also, yeah. Yeah. Every team So, like, Besides the, I don't know. Uh, the airing of Grievances is a new segment, so I don't know if we're supposed to react to the grievances, but my quick reaction would be like, I agree with, we seem to have tried to address the bullpen with some sort of injury prone solutions. Um, But I don't know if I'm quite as down on the guys we have as you are. Like, I think clay Holmes could win us over pretty quickly. Uh And for me, at least King was one of the guys I was most high on and he started a bit slow, but I'm not, I'm certainly not writing him off. Luizaka, I feel really good about his upside. Ron has looked awesome so far. I don't know if we've talked about him enough, really, but Ron Marinaccio has looked awesome in the early going here. And Wandy, I trust a lot. He won so much goodwill with me in the playoffs last year, and he's been awesome since we traded for him. And remember, we traded Mike Talkman for him, and we were all like, oh, I don't know. Talkman's okay. Like, should we really be trading for a reliever right now? And Wandy has been great. So I do think there is something to, we have this. Abreu, Brewer, Hamilton, and there's one more. I forget who it is. Uh, Jimmy Cordero. We have four of those guys who are sort of like the randos who they're trying to find something with, and maybe we shouldn't be having four of them. Maybe we should be having two of them or one of them. And it seems like we're forced into this spot because of some of the injuries. But um, they have pitched well so far. I don't trust them at all yet, but they've pitched well so far. Uh, hopefully, the roof doesn't cave in and we don't have like all of these guys hitting their struggles at the same time, which would be obviously a a, a tough way for us to, um, yeah, handle the back ends of games. I'm if-
2: giving all these guys until Memorial Day, like you do with every, as a lot of people have this philosophy sure. Memorial Day, we'll see what happens. If a Brehu has you, no reason to speculate, Memorial Day, and then that's what i'm sure cashman's doing too it's really just too early to tell you know it really truly is
0: it yeah the other thing is they're like gradually working their way sort Mm -hmm. of into the into the yankees plans and and seeing what situations they use them and it just feels like that's four guys who should maybe be on the cusp of the roster and because there's four of them they're not on the cusp. Because... I was hoping they would go
2: Marinaccio instead of Liza is today? Like I, like I was really, I just had the game cast up, and I was like, Oh my god, I hope they do Marinaccio! So so, he hasn't pitched in a little while. I was so excited to see if he could do it. Now you have to wait another day because tomorrow's postponed. But yeah, I'm, dude, I'm high on Marinaccio.
0: So. so, is there anything we have to hit? We hit the grievances. We hit each game. We hit Franchi and Colton Brewer, and we hit the uh, We're good. the trouble quotes from Aaron Hicks. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we throw to uh, through our handles and then close it up?
1: No, I think it's good. It's a long episode, but I think uh, we covered all that we needed to, and and uh, looking forward to this next series. Even though tomorrow is rained out, but uh, you listen
0: we'll to see. it tomorrow while we're uh, while you're exactly.
1: waiting.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So the Orioles series, I guess we'll have a doubleheader on Friday, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would yeah. assume so, but... Um,
0: well, oh, wait, we didn't
2: have a game on Friday at all. They moved it to Friday. We were, we're going to be off Friday.
0: Oh, we were off so. Friday? Yeah. Uh, so oh, right, Friday. because it's their opening day. So oh. yeah. it goes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three games with the That's Orioles. Nice. Um, And the Orioles are interesting this year. They're not the doormat Orioles, but they're not like the prime Manny Machado, Chris Davis Orioles that we should be afraid of. Um, So... It'll be interesting. Yeah, they got a, a
1: a lot of young bats, yeah, a lot of young guys that that yeah. have a lot of potential. So they're they're a fun team, so I'm excited for this series.
0: They also have that stupid valley in left field now because <laughs> they moved they moved their fence back. So that's not great for our right-handed power hitters, but you know, Judge Judge hits things into uh into the mural. So yeah. that's fine. And Stanton hits things over the over the Pepsi, Pepsi lounge. lounge. Yeah. Yeah. The Pepsi Lounge that we knew was called the Pepsi Lounge. <laughs> and if you want to hear more brilliant musings about the corporate sponsorships at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> you should follow us at, at SSTN Pod. If you want to follow OJ at Jayco If you want to follow Gruber at J Gruber12. And if you want to follow me at D underscore Mart97. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.
2: Happy Passover. Happy Passover. Happy Passover. Happy Easter. <laughs> happy Easter. Happy Passover.
0: <laughs> happy, Easter. Happy,
2: happy Easter. Adios. Happy holidays.